0: What's going on ladies and gentlemen, it's Robert Sykes, Keto Savage in the house, and I got special guest, Danny Vega, who needs no introduction, but uh, we, we got a lot of stuff in the pipeline right now, so we're going to just kind of dive into the details on that, and we'd like to really touch into uh, some emotional things, such as eating disorders, since we've both suffered with that in the past. So, without further ado, Danny, how are you, man? What's up, man? I'm good, man. I'm good. How's your uh, How's your Wednesday treating you?
1: Very, very busy, like I told you. Um, Lots of things when you're trying to follow your passion as well as uh, do well in your day job, but I love it, man. We are just talking about how much we love what we do and how it's it's almost a joke, the fact that we can do what we love and somehow other people get to benefit from it.
0: Amen to that, man. It's like the most rewarding thing in the entire world. I encourage everybody to follow their passion, to make that their livelihood because I mean, it's, it's freaking sweet. I can't even put it into words. Can't even put it into words. So... Speaking of that, I, I kind of dated this thing. I said Wednesday. I'm thinking about doing a weekly podcast. What do you think about that?
1: Dude, I told you, I think that's awesome. I think, you know, with the amount of high quality content that you put out on YouTube, um, you know, podcasting compared to YouTube, I mean, it's, it's much easier.
0: Yeah. I think, I think, and po- podcasting is just fun. You get to talk to somebody cool every week, you know?
1: Exactly. Yep.
0: I love it. Um, so let's just dive into to the details here. We're, we're going to talk about, uh, Mostly, I guess, eating disorders. Since we both have kind of dealt with that, a lot of people, I don't know. I just, I was thinking last night, and I'm like, I want to just bring all the, I want my brand, Keto Savage, just be as transparent as possible because there's so many like superficial masks in the fitness industry, specifically. <laughs> and uh, I'm just like, I'm just gonna tear those things down, man. I don't, I don't give a damn, you know. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna rough up the edges and just be as transparent as possible. And that includes talking about the low spots, you know.
1: So, you know, I, I totally agree with you, man. I am on the same boat, especially because, um, when someone looks at someone such as yourself, who you got your pro card, you've done so well, um, you're obviously a healthy person. Um, it's going to be like, he, he's got it figured out and they may think that they're not able to achieve that, you know, and I, I feel the same way to where, you know, I've been an athlete all my life and I, I need people to understand the fact that we go through the same struggles as them you know so i'm i'm just like you the other day uh last week you know robert and i have you know question time and i feel like it's a lot more me confessing to him than
0: hey hold saying. on one second man this, this audio is kind of like <laughs> and, janky. Uh, it keeps lagging okay yeah yeah i i kind of see you
1: and then you you kind of freeze i i hope it's not me you know what i'm gonna take my camera off Yeah, so you want me to just say, I'll I'll just say what I, you know, uh, I just want to give you my thoughts on that, man, because I totally agree with you. Um, I think that it's, you know, obviously, when you're in this industry, people want to put their best foot forward, they want to have credibility, and they want people to to think that they're an expert. And I I totally get that. But at the same time, um, you risk, you know, the people thinking that you're, what you're doing is completely unattainable. And um, when you look at someone such as Robert who, who's who got his pro card and who, you know, he looks great and he's healthy, you probably assume that he's not going through the same things that, that you know, other people are going through. And, you know, I played a- athletics my whole life and I've I've competed my whole life and, and we do go through the same things and um, we're hard on ourselves. We have mental games, we have slip ups. Robert and I talk all the time and, you know, I feel like we have these these confession times where we, we go over this stuff, and I feel like lately it's been a lot more me confessing to you, um, but people look at, at, you know, what we put forward, and it's just, it's just the nature of social media. We put forward that, that plate that you just cooked, and you may skip over, like, the the treats that you had afterward, you know, like maybe you had like four or five fat bombs or something like that, something that I've done. Yeah. (laughs) And you don't put that part, you know, and 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 so for me, me, I'm a fraud if I don't talk about that. And so I actually recently have actually posted about it because we need people to know we want people to enjoy the same success as we have. And I feel like it's less likely for that to happen if they feel like, it's just not possible because they can't cut it. They, they're not built from, you know, the, the stuff that we're made of, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, everything builds on itself. So, like, it's unreasonable for someone to assume that they can go from eating, you know, McDonald's every day and, like, french fries and ice cream to, like, just a flawless diet for the lifetime. Like, they're, everything builds on itself. Everything's, a, a you know, a progression. So, like, a win for the day might simply be foregoing the fast food joint and making a salad you know but I mean all those wins build on each other and each time you have the mental discipline to not you know give in and and take that treat I mean that that's a win in itself right there and that over time is what you know contributes to the long-term success and I mean there's still slip-ups but It's all over time. So, like, if if you're trending in the right direction, and on average you're much better than you're not, then I mean, your body's going to reflect that.
1: Totally agree, and that's the uh, one of the things we'll talk about for sure is is the ability to bounce back when you make that bad decision. Because you know sometimes it's almost like you are so anxious to slip up in the back of your mind so that you can quit. Mm -hmm. You know, like it's I already screwed it up. You know, might as well throw in the towel. You it, know,
0: it is funny, man. Like, when you, there's, I don't know how it works, you know, internally within your own mind, but like when you, when you cheat and you, like, for instance, if you have a 24 hour period and you don't mess up at all during that 24 hour period, and then the next day you have a 24 hour period and you have like one cookie or something, <laughs> um, even if it's like a keto cookie, you know, but it's outside of your macros or it's not like in the plan, then you just like, totally like all hell breaks loose and you're like oh well I've already broken the plan so I might as well have like these additional 3,000 calories of you know fat bombs <laughs> or whatever but it's like it doesn't work that way I mean like you can you can correct course and change and and not slip up and I don't know like I struggle with that like if I have one tablespoon of almond butter over my macros it's like well one tablespoon you know I've already screwed it up I might as well have the rest of the tub you know like I don't know why. Dude I am
1: the same I am the same man.
0: And it's it's so <laughs> it's not how it works at all. I mean, your body is not gonna really notice one tablespoon, but it'll notice the the ten tablespoons that you have in surplus. You know. Yep,
1: exactly. But I like I really do think it's that it's that just the back of the mind just always wanting you to to do that so that you can give yourself an excuse to just go off the rails.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's like you almost want to mess up and then just to be able to justify, you know, giving in. But I don't know, like, it's a it's a switch, man. Like, I think the moment you give in to that temptation, it becomes that much easier to do it the next time and the next time and the next time. So you have to trend in the opposite way because the same is true on a positive note. You know, the more you say no to that bad thing, it becomes easier and easier to say no to it going forward, you know?
1: Absolutely, man. And and <laughs> it's, it's funny because I tell my son this, like, you know, you, you know it's better to not, you know, try to commit to something too big because quitting is worse than that that slow incremental progress you know what i mean
0: yeah i agree
1: 100% and and let me just add something to this because i was just this is this is why I, when i texted you about this um a month ago or 2 weeks ago i was talking about how um i had a problem it was no it was about a month ago when i stopped tracking for for a while mm-hmm I basically said to myself, I, I I was having those nights where I was eating um, fat bombs. My biggest thing is I, I'll, I'll at night I'll have like a sweet tooth or something. And then I'll say, let me just take like two tablespoons of, of almond butter and some coconut oil and some unsweetened chocolate, put, you know, melt it all together, put it in some fat bombs and then put some sugar free whipped cream on top. And, you know, I do things like that. And sometimes I'll do more than that. And what I would do to compensate for that is I would plan the future and I would plan my future days of eating and it would be like, make I would make my feel, myself feel better because I would say, you know what, I screwed up today, but look at what I have forward to look forward to. and And so I would just plan future days and then, you know, I would plan three or four days. And then I was telling Robert, like at the end of August, I had planned all the way until September 10th. Mm -hmm. and you know and and it was it was just what ends up happening is your your thinking about something and your fantasizing or dreaming about the future gets in the way of the action now and then that's what keeps you from from really focusing on living for today and doing the best you can
0: today i agree i agree completely and i think uh like a lot of my clients for instance they'll They'll have something going on in the weekend or whatever and they'll they'll overeat on their macros and then they'll ask me if, if they can um, you know, eat less calories the next day. But in my experience, that's kind of like I don't know, I I think that messes with the mind in a negative light because it's almost like it makes it easier to justify eating more in the day, in the moment, you know. So, I mean I tell all my clients, I want you to stick to the macros daily, regardless of whether you're hungry, whether you're full, it all it all balances out and, you know, levels out, equalizes over time. So you have to think with an overtime approach as opposed to, you know, just in the moment. So there's like you have to be to be in the moment, but at the same time you have to like plan For the long game, if that makes sense. No,
1: no, absolutely. And, and you know, another thing that's bad about that is that and and it was something that I again, I told you (laughs) people people are going to find out that that Robert is like you're like my personal therapist when it comes to this (laughs) because like we just had such a a good um, relationship when it came to that situation when you helped me with the cut, you know, Um, because I can be relatively lean with with fairly little effort. But for me to get down it was, it was more uncomfortable for me. And I think that the next time I do that, it'll be easier because I'll know what to expect. But um, one of the other downsides to, let's say, giving yourself that, you know, the extra food today and and then saying, oh, I'm going to eat less tomorrow is that you start to basically look at it as a, as a punishment, mm-hmm. you know? And, and that's another thing that that I still, to this day, I still struggle with, making moral judgments on The way that I eat, you know, and it's it's and I guarantee you that I don't do that for anybody else I don't judge other people by what they eat I don't think that other people are lesser than or or stronger or weaker or or a worse or better person based on what they eat but I'm harder on myself and and it's almost like, you know, you're a bad person because of what you ate so tomorrow you know, you deserve to be punished. <laughs> You're going to eat yeah. less. And that's a terrible, terrible, terrible way to look at it because, you know, it's the, it's one thing, and I think that with me, the biggest thing is, you know, why weren't you mentally strong? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I can explain why, you know, for it's it's important to look into that. Like, you know, what are the, what what's going on in your life, like on a deeper level, as well as what is the immediate trigger. But at the same time, you know, there's, you're not a bad person because you ate a fat bomb.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And, and that, that right there is the trigger that leads to, you know, the yo-yo dieting and it gets more and more extreme as, as you let it progress. Like, I mean, I vividly remember, uh, after my first show, like one, one day, uh, I was at home and my, my dad made these, uh, homemade, uh, like buttermilk biscuits, you know, this is when I was eating carbs (laughs) and like homemade gravy. I mean, like the full nine yards. And, uh, I mean, each, each biscuit was probably like 500 calories and I ate the entire batch. And then like, I was just like sitting there after the fact, thinking about how many calories I'd eaten. And that's the worst (laughs) feeling right there is when you just like really start reflecting on how many calories you actually just consumed. And it hits you so hard. I went outside, went into the woods and like tried to puke and like forced myself to puke. And for the next two days... All I ate over that forty-eight hour interval was six cans of tuna, and it's Jeez, like man. that right there is what what causes you know that yo-yo dieting that really just screws with people's heads and bodies, you know.
1: Yeah, and, and and man, it's it it it's so true, and it's it goes back to what you were saying about sticking to the plan because you know again you know you veer off the plan, you mess up, but get back to the plan. You know, Mm -hmm. don't, don't try to overcompensate because it's true. It becomes this, it's almost like, I'm trying to think of a situation that I know that there's certain things that when you, when you, um, when you swing around too much, it makes it so much harder to manage. Mm -hmm. I can't think quite think of the, of the analogy, but like, it's almost like the more extreme those you veer and you, and you, the, the harder it is to bring things back to the center. So it becomes like a habit and a cycle of – and then you just basically become comfortable with pigging out and then punishing yourself.
0: Yeah, and th- that becomes your norm. And then when that becomes your norm, that's just how you live your life day to day, which is no way to live. I mean when, you're, when your entire day is consumed by thoughts of food, which – Yeah. I mean it's easy to get that way. But I mean when you're spending so much time, energy, and effort thinking of macros – and like tracking, I mean grams, and like my fitness pal. I mean, when you wake up in a cold sweat and you're dreaming and having nightmares of my fitness pal, like, like things <laughs> got to change, you know?
1: Yeah, man, and that's and that's what was happening with me. Um, going back to what you were saying about being real with people, um, it was like it was that night that I I was on a, a forum because, as you know, I've been doing this all meat thing, this carnivorous diet, and I was just on the forum, just um, just browsing. And someone said something, a simple statement. I think it was like an admin that said, look, this is not complicated. Just eat meat until you're full. And that's that. Don't track. Don't do anything. And then for some reason, I, I thought of myself and I thought of how I track. And I was like, well, let me look at my fitness pal. And I and I just because I almost didn't even know how far ahead I, I've tracked. Mm-hmm. And so that night, you know, at like 1030 at night, I'm lying in bed and I'm looking and I'm like, this is literally two weeks in the future where I have planned all my meals, not even knowing, especially when we talk about uh Roberts mentioned you know the uh the obstacles the way and the how that that has helped me so much, and I've gotten into stoicism before because of it, and it's all about you know making today the best day you're you're not guaranteed tomorrow how am i how do i know what i'm going to be able to eat in 2 weeks right yeah and um and so i decided that night that i need to take a break from tracking the next morning when i told my wife about it she's like wow i'm really glad to hear that because you know when i i catch you on the phone and and it's just it's really annoying because you're not on facebook you're not on instagram you're on my fitness pal yeah you know, and it's almost like you spend all this time tracking and it's the same thing. It's the same mindset as someone who spends all their time planning goals and and visualizing things because it's competing with in the space of your head. It's competing with action.
0: Yeah, I agree completely. And and a quick note on tracking. Like I am very much uh, an advocate for tracking macros. But yep. this is a huge but that's only to be used as a tool and it's only to be used like when you have a specific goal in mind to reach that goal. Like when I when I have a goal, a composition goal, I remove as many variables as possible so I can know exactly what I need to manipulate or stimulate to reach that goal uh, and take out as much guesswork as, as I possibly can. And for me, you know, tracking macros is, is the, the best way to do that. However, I try and keep everything else simple too. Like I have, you know, like four main staple food items and I pretty much can swap those things out pretty effortlessly and know that I'm going to hit my macros. I don't have to think about it. Like I don't have to spend time and effort and energy thinking so much about my foods. If I was going to track my macros but then eat something different every single day, every single meal, I would literally drive myself crazy. I don't yeah. think it's sustainable. But I agree. Yeah, like it's just way too much energy. I think the beauty of keto And that lifestyle is that it's so instinctive. Once you've reached that goal, you can kind of like eat instinctively and maintain much more uh, easily than if you were eating carbs. But if you have a specific goal in mind, tracking macros and using that as a tool is the best way to do so. But I highly encourage people to just remove all the options so they can just reach that goal as quickly and effectively as possible and then get back to living life.
1: I agree, man. And and I'll say something like for me, I wanted to do... You know the whole month of september without tracking and the only reason and this is this is all comes with being honest with yourself um is the only reason why i decided to stop last weekend and actually start tracking again is because i noticed that i was gaining a little bit of weight and i was, I was eating a little bit too much so I, I tend to overeat so if i don't have like a gauge on where i am um then that I'm just I'm I'm probably gonna overeat, you know, I mean I got I'm a big dude and I have big dudes in my family and um And so I have to have a little bit of a guidepost to kind of keep me And and now I'm not trying to, you know stick really strictly to the macros like I was telling you today um, <laughs> We had Teresa Dodd on our podcast and she was telling me about this blue cheese and butter thing She puts on her steak. That's not in in my macros right now, but it's going to, I'm going to put it in there and I'm going to go over and I'm not going to feel bad about it.
0: Yeah. And I mean, if you, if you're not training for a specific competition or a specific, you know, goal or meet, if you're just trying to live healthy over time, then tracking more loosely like that is, is totally fine. That, that kind of keeps you within the reins of just like total overconsumption, but you're not so strict on yourself that you can't live or mix things up a little bit and have a little, blue cheese and butter on your steak from time to time you know that's right <laughs> i mean when i'm when i'm in the off season i'll still track just to make sure i kind of keep it within reason I was, saying I was giving myself like a 500 calorie buffer when i'm tracking loosely from more of a lifestyle approach so if i'm over 500 calories or under 500 calories kind of anything i try and keep it right there within that sweet spot because over time 500 calories shouldn't make that much of a difference if i'm training hard and eating clean but when I have a specific goal in mind, or I'm praying for a competition, obviously I track. I mean, I, I get as detailed as tracking two within the gram. So, very, very detail oriented when I have a detailed goal in mind.
1: Yeah, and I think that's that's another thing that um, you know, even for myself, that people should know. Like for even I, I should look at that because when you think about it, like we do have our body wants to maintain homeostasis. So, being up 500 one day, lower 500 you know one day not much is gonna change over time and the other thing is you don't want to be locked in in competition mode all the time you know you'll you'll get burnt out
0: yep I want to you just mentioned homeostasis I want to touch on that really quickly here because I've had a lot of clients um, ask about that so basically in my experience it takes about three months to truly reset your homeostatic level and A lot of clients will sign up and they won't see the scale move. They won't see the composition change that much. They just notice that they're hungrier, but nothing's changing. So they want to eat more because they think, oh, nothing's changing. But, and this is a huge but, you got to find your body's threshold and push it continually until you force change. Like, it's not supposed to be comfortable. It's not supposed to be easy. You're supposed to experience a little bit of discomfort. That's what causes the body to change. I mean, that's what triggers adaptation adaptation in the sense being muscle growth or weight loss you know it's not supposed to be comfortable people
1: yeah 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 and your body's gonna fight you every step of the way for sure
0: yep yep I had to just throw that quick blip in there because i think some people i mean I, I don't know i think they just assume that everything's effortless like keto makes weight loss effortless which is not the case
1: no and, and the other thing is people you know they probably think this whole thing is like okay i mean I'm sure a lot of people, if they, if they've done it, they, they understand. But some people may think, okay, well, I'm going to continue to lose this much weight if I cut this many calories per week, and it just it's it's not that simple.
0: Yeah, I mean, everything. There's so many variables internally going on within your body that that you can't hope to understand. That's why I'm just a huge fan of removing as many variables as possible. But uh, yeah, weight loss. Weight gain, nothing with the body is linear. Nothing. That's right. Anywho, um, so let's. I'd really like to dive into. We talked a little bit about eating disorders. I'd kind of like to talk about our lowest moments. Like, just really, just you know, you know, make it make it vivid, man. Like, let's talk about our you know, <laughs> low, low, low points. Like, as low as it gets, and then follow that up with solutions. Or ways to solve that, you know, for people listening that that might be going through the same thing. Because I want people to know that that we're not, we haven't got it all figured out. Like we touched on earlier, you know, we've got our issues too. It's it's all a, a progression. It's all, um, you know, something that you learn and adapt to over time. But I'd really like to just pull pull the covers back, open up the hood, and really talk about our lowest lowest moments so i'll let you go first danny
1: <laughs> well sure man no i mean for me in recent history it was what i just told you because um you know i i told brian about it um and you know we were texting back and forth and and you know he's like something's wrong man you know something something's not right you know the, for for me to be so obsessed with tracking and so you know there's was, there was this you know, risk reward thing where was this, I was, I was rewarding myself and I was, I was using food to comfort myself and there's all these things going on. And I think, you know, so for me, what it is, is I identified the fact that as you know, Robert, there's, there's been the last several months, some uncertainty and -hmm. there's been a lot of stress. And so what my body wanted to do and what my brain wanted to do is take what I can control, and you know exert maximum control over it but like I said before the amount of time you spent thinking about something competes directly with doing Mm -hmm. and so the more time you 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 think about you know how you're going to fix things and how it's going to be perfect and you you see yourself like you know at your goal or whatever that's just time that you're wasting and a lot of the time, there's actually some research on this, and I know you love this stuff. Um, there's research on this showing how, how when you when you do that, you automatically basically shut off the, your ability to work at it because in your mind you've already reached the goal. Yeah, I, and so instead of like, <laughs> it's crazy.
0: Yeah, I think I mean I think visualization is is huge. I think that's that can be a good thing, but not at the expense yep. of doing like. I think paralysis analysis is is a thing for for real, and at some point you just have to dig in, accept that you can't know what you don't know, and then just learn as you go.
1: And and let me just add another one because I don't I don't have like the twenty thirty pound gain weight gain in a day story. I don't have anything like that, but I do have situations that are just like show up here and there and and they're huge red flags and the the recent one was like last week where I had basically every single night I had made myself fat bombs and then you know Brian called me and he's he just said look I I just wanted to just tell you that you know I I want to make sure that you're you're good you're not stressed and in my mind in my mind I hadn't even thought about that and I was like no I'm not I'm not stressed I'm not you know and i was doing so much last week i was really 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 busy and um it almost it almost took me like a day a full day to realize that i was stressed <laughs> like i was really really stressed and um and for me i've always been a stress eater and yeah. like b- back in the day it was it was like no holds barred you know like i would drive and you know this cuz you did this post show like you would drive to a to a um you know a, a drive through you would eat it and then you would on the way home find another drive through and go to another and eat another one you know and th- this is like i think it happens with a lot of these driven personalities where you're you know it, it, it the, having obsessions allows you to do things that other people won't do because they just don't care enough but yeah. it also it also comes with its with a downside you know and and it's that we can we can do everything really hard, you know?
0: Yeah, no, I mean, it's, we're extremists, you know, we have an extremist personality type, and that goes both ways, both good and bad. I mean, like, I've people that have followed me, they, they've heard, you know, my my competition prep for my first show, where, you know, I would, like, basically starve myself, you know, lost, you know, 70 pounds in three months, was, like, like literally starving myself, and then post-show, I put on 20 pounds within 48 hours, but, I mean, like, that, that had some far-reaching, like, that, that was not a quick recovery. I was messed up for months after that and, like, depressed, man. Like, I, I would obsess about food. I had no, you know, cognitive ability to know what was, what was full, what was truly full. Like, I did not know if I was full yeah. or hungry. And to not, I mean, that, that's a crazy thing to wrap your head around. Like, how do you go to eat and then not know if you're full or hungry? Like, where do you draw the line? And I would eat, I mean, my leptin and ghrelin hormones were so jacked up, I could literally eat 20,000 calories in a meal and not even you know, think twice about it. And then after the fact, I would sit there and reflect on the fact that I just ate 20,000 calories and I'd punish myself. <laughs> I mean, w- yeah. one day I went to a- uh, How would
1: you punish yourself?
0: I would, I would puke. I'd force myself to puke. I didn't do that a whole lot, but I did that um, probably about 10 times uh, during that, that depressive state. But I mean, like that that's a sad thing, man. Like when you're sitting there leaning over the toilet or leaning over and you're like forcing yourself to gag and puke because you just ate willingly too much food. I mean, that that's a that's a screwed up state of mind, man. And that was my that was my reality. That was my norm. I mean, I literally one one day I went to a steakhouse um in Minnesota and um it was a uh, it was called Manny's. And if you live in Minnesota, Manny's steakhouse is awesome, by the way. But I got this this uh, prime rib, and I think this was like a, I don't know, it was, it was at least a pound and a half of prime rib. It was huge. So I ate all of that. I had this spinach casserole, and then this was also when I was eating carbs. But I had, uh, there was this brownie on the menu, and uh, I, <laughs> it looked really good. So they brought out the brownie to me. It had, it was literally, literally eight inches by eight inches by eight inches. It was a freaking block, man. It was huge. <laughs> and it had like ice cream on top of that. I ate like three quarters of it and then was so full, I left the restaurant, paid my bill, left the restaurant, walked into a hotel down the road, went to the bathroom, puked because I was just uncomfortably full, and then I was sitting there in like my self-sorrow and guilt that I grabbed the to-go box with the rest of the brownie in it and ate the rest of the brownie. (laughs) I mean, how screwed up can you get, man? Yeah, man.
1: Yeah, no, I, and, and like, I think, um, you know, you can imagine someone who may have been overweight for a long period of time, how this would mess with them, you know, and it's, it's, it's even worse because they, at that point, they just, the self-loathing becomes so strong that, you know, they just, they give up, you know, and, and I can see how that happens, but I mean, talk about solutions. What, what, um, Obviously, the first thing I can think of is identifying, you know, immediate triggers, right? And identifying deeper triggers. I think to identify deeper triggers, I think you need help. I think you definitely need to reach out to someone very knowledgeable or at least someone who's 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 been through it, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, somebody that can relate. I mean, that's huge. And the thing is, there's so many more people that can relate than you think. I mean, yes. like like yes. you said earlier, like most people probably wouldn't assume – that we struggle with this and they wouldn't think to reach out to us because they're like, oh, they don't, they don't have to deal with this, but we do and other people do. And I mean, this is probably much more common than any of us realize, you know? Yeah,
1: no. And, and, and like with athletes, you know, again, it's, it may be different and it may be, um, you know, they're all disorders. They're all, they're all equally, you know, disease of the brain, you know, they're the something, something's not right, you know, and it's a lot of the times it involves self-reflection, and I like I can't tell you how how empowering it is to be able to do that self-reflection because that's when you start to see hope, man. You start to see that you know this is what's causing it, and it makes perfect sense, right? And and then of course identifying you know those triggers. Like for me last week, um, you know I was I was one night I was like, oh I'm stressed, so I'm officially stress eating like you know like this is what's happening this is what we're doing right now yeah and the the other it was like i had an argument with maura and i was just like you know she went she went to the room um and (laughs) and like the thing is if you know me and maura like we will if we argue like it's it's hard and heavy for like five ten minutes yeah and then it's just it's over because there's no there's no resentment there's two really really strong personalities so she left to the room and by the by, the second that door closed, I'm looking for. Let me get whatever we got. We got peanut butter. Oh, awesome peanut butter, coconut <laughs> oil, butter. Let me put some. I even put. I think I put. I put sugar-free whipped cream on top, and I put sugar-free syrup. Now, don't get me wrong. I mean, these are all things that, like, if you wanted to have a treat one night, they'd be totally okay. But it's the motivation behind it, and and what comes after. That makes it something that's
0: that's not right, you know. Yeah, no, I totally agree, man. It's it's all the state of mind in the moment. Like eating almond butter is not a bad thing. That's not a bad task. <laughs> no. But eating yeah. ten spoons of almond butter because you're depressed—that's a bad thing. Exactly. You know. Exactly.
1: So so what um so you identify your triggers and then you know what what would you say to someone that, that, that you know okay I've identified my triggers what what can I do Knowing when that trigger's there, what's another thing that I can do? because I know there's there's one that I have in mind that you do that I think is is probably pretty effective for those immediate ones that are not like really underlying issues
0: uh, so so I've got a couple um on a macro level, I think knowing the the bigger picture is more significant than the moments of simple pleasure in eating, like um I mean, when you, when you, when you know that you're just kind of eating because it's ha- habitual or you're just in the moment and you're like clouded, if you like remove yourself from that environment, like if I'm standing there in the kitchen snacking on something, if I go for like a walk to the mailbox and back, but then think about my life in its entirety and what it is I'm actually trying to work for or who, you know, just something that's more significant. Like if I think about my parents or my brother or, you know, anything. Like what what in life is more significant than this than this bag of, you know, cheese wisps or something? That makes going yeah. back inside and eating a whole bunch of cheese whips seem like a really insignificant thing. So
1: I totally agree with that. That's a really good one. And then you know the the other thing you can do um is, you know, when you see that, try to try to associate it with the opposite. I mean, you think about that, let's say that trigger happens you know, do something else like that, that actually brings you joy, you know, um, you know, or, or that you, that you, that you'd like, I mean, do, I'm trying to think of an activity, whether you go for a walk or you, um, do some pushups every time, you know, something like that, because those are just things that like, they, they have to be habits because these, these triggers, what happens, they become so ingrained that. The action becomes instinctive. And I was telling you this when we were working together and I was cutting. I I can't tell you how many times I opened the fridge and I was like, how did I get here? You know, like like I was like or like I had this sugar free whipped cream or I had this or I had that in my hand. And I was like, hold up how did this happen, you know, and then I put it back. And then 10, 20 minutes later, I go back and I'm like, wait, what am I doing here? This and, and it's that that thinking that no thinking there's, there's something going on where that triggers just like it makes it like an instinct.
0: Yeah, oh, it, it's totally habitual, man. Like, when you get in the habit, like is it, you don't even think about it, like it's just, it's just there and it's upon you, you know, and then you're caught in the moment and you have to actually step back and think strategically, you know, what is the best thing for me right now? It's probably not this fifth spoon full of almond butter. Um, (laughs) Yep. Yep. So yeah, I think, I think like having, having a goal that you're working towards is a huge, um, you know, way to solve that problem as well. Like for instance, like I just finished a prep in April, uh, had my competition in April and I was really dialed in then. I didn't cheat on my, my macros at all. And then for the months past that point, um, we well, had that 21 day challenge. So I was, you know, eating a surplus then, but after that, when I didn't have to track for anything, you know, I would track loosely, but I mean, if I wanted to have, you know, something, I, I would be able to much more easily justify having that thing. Whereas if you have a specific goal in mind, um, even if it's like, even if it's a goal that, that doesn't require a caloric deficit, but I mean like just simply a, a goal in general that, uh, You know, it it makes sense to kind of stay within reason on your macros. It makes it so much easier to stay within those bounds because you're trying to better yourself. And when you're bettering yourself, ideally, the act of bettering yourself is going to be more significant than just eating in the moment.
1: I agree. And then the other thing to add to that is um, one of the benefits that you and I have is that. We we kind of have some people that follow us and that are interested in what we're doing. I don't know why. I don't know why, but they <laughs> but they are. And like you know, when we do an experiment together, we we know that this is bigger than us. We know that that other people are kind of looking to us just because maybe they they're curious, but they're not. They're like, oh, I don't want to try that. Let me see what Robert and Danny do. You know, mm-hmm. and and then they see that we're having success, and um, knowing that. And having other people like that that are possibly that I could possibly help, that is huge, too, because then I'm like, you know, I'm I'm a fraud. I'm an honest to God fraud if I'm not doing what I say that I'm doing, you know, and then, you know, I'm just I'm just messing it up for, for more people than myself, you know?
0: Yeah, no, I think I think that's huge. You know, there's that, that's why it's so important to have like a support group or just like somebody you could talk to like a. For the same concept of having, like, a gym partner, you know, it's a much easier to talk yourself out of going to the gym if you're just going solo. But when you've got someone that you're training with, you know, you're you're a much sorrier person if you let them down, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, having that accountability partner, whether it's, you know, you know, people on social media that are following you or just your friend that trains with you or, you know, holds you accountable. Um, but, yeah, that that's huge for sure. And, and some people, everybody's different. You know, there's not one, like, you know, cookie cutter solution for anybody I mean some people kind of you know perform best under a risk and reward kind of you know mentality which is totally fine if that's what works for them like I've heard of you know people um you know they'll punish themselves in a sense but like in a healthy way like you could have uh like a for instance Tim Ferriss is a big friend of this he'll put like a rubber band on his arm or something and then every time he breaks the habit that he's, or every time he like does wrong with the habit he's trying to maintain, he'll have to like pop himself with the rubber band and switch the wrist or something like something as simple as that, you know, that that's going to make you, you know, think about it in the moment and really step back and ask yourself, is it worth it? You know?
1: Yeah, no. And, and that's that, you know, that goes back to like, you know, like a simple, you know, conditioning thing, you know, it's, 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 it's the part of the process of getting you to build those habits.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think, honestly, though, I mean, it all builds on itself. You know, like once, once you realize, once you see success after maintaining a fairly strict lifestyle approach and you know that that success is a result of that, you know, hard work and dedication, then that becomes a motivating factor unlike anything else. I mean, when you know that you can see the results that you want to see, if you buckle down and stay a little strict on yourself, and not let yourself just indulge in everything all the time, every time, it becomes much easier to stay the course. You know.
1: Agreed, man. Agreed, and yeah, and, it, and like you said, it builds on your on itself, and the confidence builds, um, and and it really is it's it's a continuum because there can be a period you got it all locked in, and then you know there's a period there where you backslide, but. You know, you just continue to build those habits back up and and you get back to where you were before.
0: Yep, yep. And you're never it's never too late to start building those habits, you know, like somebody that's, you know, past the middle age point or overweight, they might think to themselves, you know, I've already passed my prime, there's no point in me redesigning these habits and, you know, staying strict with the with the food intake or whatever. But I mean, if if you're if you've only got freaking one month left to live, if that one month is better than the last you know, however many years, that's freaking worth it. You know, any day tomorrow can be better than yesterday. I mean, do what you ever have to do to make that a reality.
1: Yeah, that's it, man. For real. And, and, and like the other thing I was, when we were talking off air, the other thing I wanted to put out there was that, you know, there's not, there's no end zone. There's, there's just, this is, this is life. You know, life is work, and, yeah. you know, it's 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 fun and it's awesome, but it never stops, you know. And so, you know, find and, and the, the, the historical examples are plenty. You know, there's millions of examples of people and organizations and teams and players that that they enjoy their success. And the minute that they either stop learning or believe that they've arrived, that's when the fall comes and then they either pick it back up. And learn from it, or it's the end, you know. And they're a flash in the pan. And so, like, for for someone to always stay learning and trying to improve, I really do think it just helps keep those habits going and keep you keep that hunger and that and that passion that you that you have that that help you get you know get through it. You know,
0: I am very very glad you said that. I'm gonna. You've motivated me to go on a quick little rant here. You ready? Yeah, 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 definitely. One of my biggest gripes with the you know competitive bodybuilding world, and I can say this because I used to do this, is that competitors will train so hard they'll be so well on top of their nutrition they'll be like a beacon of light for anybody that you know needs the motivation to ch- turn their life around and, and live a healthy lifestyle. Then they'll have their competition showcase that that hard work, that dedication. And then they'll turn around and they'll go and they'll binge on the worst freaking food, like unhealthy. I mean, just straight up shit. And it's like, how in the world are you supposed to be and illustrate and embody health when that is, that is your reality? I don't care if it's just, you know, one or two days out of the year, you know, after a show, like that's just not good. It's just not right. It's not the right mentality that messes with your mind emotionally, physically it's just not good. That's why I love keto because I was able to maintain, I ate more calories after my competition, but it was still all healthy calories. Like I, and it was delicious. It was yeah. Delicious and it was food. delicious and it was delicious. So that's a huge argument for keto as a lifestyle from a competitor standpoint. And on that note, not, not to like, I don't ever want to, you know, you know, tout that keto better than everything else. I mean, Everybody's got to find what works for them. I'm a big believer in it. And that's what's motivated me to start Keto Savage and this brand and this lifestyle in the first place. But I look at other diets like, like uh, flexible dieting, for instance, if it fits your macros. And I don't want to bash anybody that follows if you fit your macros, but they they take, you know, they'll they'll brag about their ability to eat, you know candy and ice cream and and get ripped it's like yeah it's cool you're able to get ripped eating that but i mean that's not healthy that's not what your body needs or wants that's not what you need to showcase to people that are having these food addictions or that are trying to live a better life like that there's a right and there's a wrong And, and just because you're able to change your composition and get ripped eating unhealthy food doesn't mean that's the right way to change your body's composition
1: it's it's totally totally agree with you, and and I'll tell you like straight up like w- for anyone who has like an addictive personality, the last thing you want to do is have them try to do like you know some some junk food because it sets off like just a cascade of bad diseased behavior. Yeah. You, know? you know, some people can do that just like some people can have a drink or two. Some people, you know. <sighs> again it's just not the healthiest thing and it's sending a bad message i totally agree with you man that's one thing where i'll just have to say look i'm sorry i disagree and i don't think it's good for health and fitness i don't think i don't see how
0: it's good at all yeah that's why i mean the main reason i love keto is because it's like the most holistic approach to living a healthy life through mm-hmm. nutrition i mean bar none i mean like i I was doing the carbohydrate backloading diet, which was freaking cool. You know, like you eat a whole bunch of high glycemic index carbs right before you go to bed. I mean, I was eating daylight donuts and brownies and all kinds of good stuff. But, I mean, I stopped doing that, not because I was getting fat. I mean, I felt great. I looked great. And I was, you know, getting stronger. But it's like I had to step back and look at myself. And, like, this is not healthy. You know, there's nothing... Nothing about this is healthy, and this is all going to be compounding on itself over years and years of my lifetime. Do I really want to do this for the next 40 years? Is this really sustainable? And the answer was no, you know? So yeah. I think, you know, keto is, is the, the best way to, to optimize your performance, both physically, mentally, and emotionally, and not have to, you know, breed into those addictive, you know, habits. Exactly. But I don't know. That's just my opinion.
1: <laughs> well, I agree with you. So, so and there's nothing they could do about it.
0: <laughs> that's right. That's right. Everybody's entitled to their own way of thinking. I reckon.
1: Again, everybody's entitled to be wrong. <laughs>
0: um. So, on that, let's uh, wh- where do you want to take this conversation from there? You want to you want to continue on dinosaurs, we- or do you want to kind of go into some of the uncharted territory that we've alluded to?
1: Oh, we gotta we gotta we gotta start to. You and I are like the worst we, we we can't hold these things in so i think we definitely should uh talk about a few things that we're working on
0: all right so where do you want to start
1: uh let's start with the one that for sure we don't have to like hold back we hold back as much as you want to hold back so i think the uh the experiment that we're going to be embarking on for the next three months
0: all right sounds good sounds good we'll, we'll, we'll touch on that so, for those of y'all have, that have followed Danny, right, we've, we've kind of alluded to an experiment we've got coming up. It's going to be a three month long experiment October, November, and December. So, starting in a couple weeks here. And basically, the premise is Danny and I are no longer prepping for you know, a lean composition standpoint. We want to stay lean, but our focus is have, uh, uh, fixed on building muscle and strength and with keto. And I'm definitely a believer in you can build muscle with keto like I've proven it. Danny's proven it. There's no question about that. The question lies in what is the best protocol and technique for doing that? Um, And I kind of wanted to figure out as a coach, you know, I wanted to learn. I wanted to gather as much data as I could that's going to make me a better coach. And Danny and I have similar goals, so we're just going to dive into this together. But uh, basically, and feel free to jump in on any of this, Danny, but uh, we're going to take one month and we're going to manipulate protein. The next month is going to be manipulating fat. And the third month is going to be manipulating both protein and fat to see which of those combinations lends itself to the greatest muscle gain, hypertrophy, with the least amount of fat gain. Um, so basically, what, what one is most optimized for an off-season in bodybuilding with keto, basically.
1: Yeah, I, um, I'm i super excited to do this. This is one of those that I'm just like, I don't know what's going to happen. You know, I honestly like, do, what is your hypothesis? Like at the end of the day, you know, when all is said and done, what is, what is your hypothesis? Have you really thought about like what, which one do you think is going to be the best one for you?
0: I think it's definitely going to be individualized. Um, yep. What, what's best for one is not going to be what's best for the other. My my uh, default is to lean towards a little bit higher protein ratio in the building off-season phase like when i'm prepping for a show i tend to have a higher fat ratio i have more energy doing that um as i'm trying to build i tend to have a higher protein ratio um my my fat ratio is still going to be pretty high though like my as a as my keto protocol you know has hold, held true over time like i always gravitate towards a higher fat ratio so even my lower fat ratio is going to be higher than most people's Fat ratio, um, yeah. But I think uh, you know the increased protein is going to help a little bit more with the muscle growth. I do think that my energy will suffer a little bit, and I think that my ketones will drop from what they normally are. But I think that might result in a little bit added, a little bit more added muscle growth.
1: Yeah, I think my ketones will suffer for sure um, because you know I basically when we talk about for the amount of protein that I'll be eating is going to be, you know, it's going to be more than way more than one, you know, one gram per pound of mass period, not even lean mass. Um, because of just the way I've, the way we kind of estimated it. So I, you know, we're going to test stuff. Robert has like a ridiculous amount of data that he's putting into Excel spreadsheets. We are going to be doing similar workouts. Um, And, you know, this is like catnip for both of us. So it's like, you know, we'll be we'll be exchanging right now. This this next couple of weeks is finalizing everything. We'll be sharing, you know, kind of what our our workouts are with each other and trying to come up with something that we can both um, do so that we, again, minimize the variables. And um, I think I you know, I think what I was telling you off the air that like the, the the carnivorous diet at least in my case has, has basically led to, I think a little bit of hypertrophy. Um, and, uh, I feel like it's very anabolic in the sense that I, I, my protein is more than, it's about twice what it used to be. Mm-hmm. And, um, I'm not suffering. The only reason that I feel like I'm a little bit softer is that extra fat that I'm eating too. You know, it's just un unneeded calories completely for what I'm doing when I'm not, killing myself with, you know, cardio and things like that. Um, I think the fat month should be very interesting because I may lean out that month, you yeah. know, when the, when the protein drops back down, which will be interesting to see.
0: Um, so I, I have no idea, man. I, I'm just excited. And, and I kind of want to touch on some of the details, like the, yeah. uh, we're, we're basically like right now. I've dropped my calories a little bit. Danny's dropped his calories a little bit, kind of defined our body's equilibrium, you know, homeostatic point. And so right now I'm at about 2,400 calories. What are you at right now, Danny?
1: So this week, um, when I saw Robert's um, Seven Set Sunday, which you guys should all be signed, your emails should be signed up to that because those are really good. Uh, It's an email that he sends every Sunday. Um, I I noticed that he decided he was going to cut his calories. So I'm like, oh crap, I got to cut my calories. So I could, like, you know, come in on that first. Um, that first you know body fat test, and make sure that I'm not like just super fluffy and just skewing things. So this week I'm at twenty nine hundred, and then for the last week I'll be right around twenty seven fifty. So just dropping the fat just a little bit, um, and then setting me up for you know coming in like at a at a what what I think would be a, a very accurate depiction of where my body fat is.
0: Yeah. Okay. So I think I mean so. Obviously, you're going to need a little bit more calories than me because you're you're bigger than me, taller yep. than me. Um, so my, my baseline is 2,400. Yours is going to be 2,750 or so. We're both going to manipulate uh, 500 calories throughout the course of each of those months. So the first month, for instance, our protein alone will increase steadily to 500 calories. The next month, fat will increase to 500 calories of additional fat. Um, and then the third month, it'll be... Uh, equal parts protein and fat increasing to 500 calories. I know this is not a perfect experiment because ideally, I mean, we're going to return back to baseline at the end of each of those months. So, I mean, there's going to be like a lag period. Like I I get that this is not a perfectly drawn out experiment, but we don't have the resources or the time to make it flawless. So it should still be a pretty good indicator of, of what our body responds best to from a muscle growth standpoint.
1: Yeah. I I mean, like in one month, you're not going to see a crazy, I mean, I doubt it that you're going to see a crazy swing in lean mass. So, I mean, I don't think that your resting metabolic rate would, would swing sufficiently to make it statistically significant. So it would be an ideal world. We would basically have like our metabolic rate every month at the end of every month. And then we would, we would put a surplus from that, but um, we're keeping it simple. People always ask us, "Should I eat more?" That's a question in itself. Should I eat more? And and if I do, should I increase the protein or should I decrease the or should I increase the fat? Um, should I increase both? So that's what we're looking at, and um and we're gonna do body fat tests. We're gonna do measurements, and uh like I said, Robert's gonna have like <laughs> um look. Robert texted me. When did you text me? It was probably like four or five in the morning, and you're like. Because we were thinking of doing another experiment that he that he told me about. And then he's like, nope, that's not the one. I couldn't even sleep last night by <laughs> how excited I was.
0: Oh, yeah. About- yeah. I, I, the original experiment was going to be just like a, no sweeteners, no dairy for a month. And then, I mean, that's cool and all. I mean, I think you'd learn some from that. But I mean... I got to thinking, like we were saying earlier, we're both extremists, you know, so we might as well go all out. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, and then you, and then I can't imagine you like in bed all night thinking of like graphs and,
0: and, <laughs> and spreadsheets. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be brutal, man. It's gonna be, it's gonna be good. And as far as like the the statistic uh, testing goes, like I don't have access to a Bod Pod or Dexa. There's like none where I'm at that I know of, which which sucks. But uh, I'm gonna do an in body test. Um,
1: I got one. I got one around me, so I'll be doing that as well. So okay, at perfect. least whether whether I whether I agree with the results or 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 hopefully that's the most um, accurate of the bioimpedance because yeah. we know that bioimpedance does have like a you know reputation for not being uh, reliable in the sense that you know the results are not um, replicated perfectly every time. Mm-hmm. But um, we will both have our baselines on that, and we will both have be able to compare by using the same test, which is really the most important thing. Like if you're going to get your skinfold calipers, go with the same person, um, make sure everything's the same, and just go off of that baseline. Don't be obsessed about the actual number.
0: Yeah, 100% agree. I mean, I, I want to take a in-body test at the beginning of each month um, for our baseline. And then I want to, uh, we're going to take measurements to see if there's any you know, growth, uh, you know, I, I know How how big are your arms, Danny? Just, just any idea? Um,
1: they're right around seventeen. Oh, really? Yeah, people think they're always bigger. I mean, I, I I gotta, I gotta, I don't know. I, I gotta check them with the with the actual um, like a tape measure. But when I got them at the Dexus place, I got this scan where you you grab onto like these handles and you stand, and then it kind of like swings around you, and um, and that one, I don't know. I feel like the fact that my arms are stretched down and i think that they set it too low or something and i was like being pulled down and i don't know if that stretched my arm i don't know but it's it was right around 17 so um, unflexed. yeah unflexed
0: okay i'm like 17 flexed i think so you got me by a little bit there but uh <laughs> yeah hopefully by the end of this experiment my arms are like two inches on you <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's good hopefully hopefully you pushing me makes my arms even
0: bigger your arms can
1: never be too big
0: that's right that's right um, so yeah, we'll take we'll take pictures, we'll take uh, measurements, we'll take the the in body. I think you're gonna still do your DEXA scan, right?
1: Well, I'm gonna do. I'm signed up for my DEXA scan um, on the 28th or the 29th. So I might just um I might just schedule two more and just have them for my own personal um because I do love the DEXA scan.
0: Yeah, I've never even done a DEXA scan. Like I I I just don't know. I think they're scared to have them in Arkansas or something because I've not <laughs> seen any around here.
1: Well when you come down, when you and Crystal come down, that'll be one of the things
0: that we do for sure. Hey, I'm totally down. Totally down. Um so yeah, the whole the whole goal of this experiment is basically to figure out what variables need to be manipulated to result in the most efficient and effective muscle gain with the minimal fat gain in an off season for I mean any sport really, but especially, you know, hypertrophy and bodybuilding. Yep. It's gonna be good man i'm excited and this and is gonna make me a better coach for sure i agree man i totally agree so it'll be good what what uh what else are we gonna touch on
1: um how do we approach the other thing <laughs> um we could talk about we could talk about the fact that we are collaborating and keto savage is collaborating um I, I can say this. I can say that Keto Savage is collaborating with Keto Evangelist.
0: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I like Keto Evangelist. I like Keto Savage. Keto Evangelist likes Keto Savage. Keto Evangelist likes Keto Savage. I think I just confused myself there. <laughs> but uh, we
1: we are two separate <laughs> entities with similar beliefs, and um, we what can we say? We really really like each other, and. Um, We have found a way that we're going to, um, both brands and both um, entities will work together and offer something that I think will be awesome.
0: Yes, that's a that's a good way to put that. That's a good way to put that. Are we gonna timestamp this thing? Are we gonna talk about dates?
1: Oh man, well, um, let's just say very very soon because you know we've done everything that we can do. Now we gotta we gotta just wait for the final things to be. Um, and we don't want to say a date in in, in case something goes wrong and, and something out of our control goes wrong, but I think it's going to be very, very soon and we're both extremely excited about it. Um, so yeah. What else do you want to say about it?
0: I think, uh, all right. So I think, Oh, you know what? You can say who else is involved. Yes. Okay. So the, uh, I mean, one of the benefits to the keto community is that it's such a tight knit community. Everybody, there's, it's not backstabbing at all. Like everybody genuinely has each other's best interests in mind, which is the freaking coolest thing ever. Um, my network yeah. has grown significantly the longer I've been in the community. Um, so one of the benefits that we're going to offer, you know, any that's interested in it is to basically leverage that community and that network that we've yes. been growing, um, which, and the the near future is going to include myself, Keto Savage, Danny Vega, my girlfriend Crystal Love, and Danny's wife. You you said Mora. I'm not as good at saying it as you. you yeah, say, it, you dude. say it better.
1: Well, <laughs> listen. I I tell people like if you know if you can't roll the R's, just say it like Laura with an M.
0: All right, Mora. I could say that. I <laughs> you yeah. say, you, you, may, you say it way better, man. <laughs> Maura. Maura. See, that's just yeah, woof. that's good. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. But yeah, we're, we're going to all join forces and uh, I'm still going to have my thing going on. Kid Avengers is still going to have its thing going on, but we're going to kind of like join at the hip for a specialty offering for anybody that wants to leverage that network. Is that a good way to say it?
1: Yeah, man. I think that's good. I think, you know, the fact that, you know, people will still um, be able to, let's say someone, you know, what, let me give a hypothetical let's say someone wants to work with keto savage because they understand you know what you bring to the table but you know they 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 think of um they think of me for instance for something else and you know they'll be able to on an ancillary level um on a lesser level because you are the coach you know by far like so when you start getting into like things that are more complicated you know that's that's your person but you know if there's there's things that they they could draw from my expertise i'll be available as well and so i think with that i think the it's it's definitely some some real value that people will get um because we all bring different things to the table and and you know i can't tell you how many times i've i've even recent times knowing what i know about what we're going to do uh someone reached out to me said you know they're getting ready for bodybuilding competition. They're getting ready for a bodybuilding show. And, you know, do I do coaching? Um and, you know, yeah, I I I, I do, but <laughs> I'm not your guy. You know, I'm I'm just not your guy. You need to reach out to Keto Savage. And he actually said that he already did, but he was considering different people. And I said, Well, go with him, because you know, he's the one who if I'm gonna pick someone, I'm gonna want someone who's who's gone through that from beginning to end. And really knows just like, you know, someone who who's who wants to prep for a powerlifting competition. They're going to want to know, you know, people who've done lots of meets and who've who've know what to expect on meet days and cuts and all that stuff.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That, that's the cool thing about this uh, collaboration that we're doing. Like each member has they, they each bring their own specialty niche to the table. I mean, yours is going to be like the powerlifting and the strength and conditioning Mine's yep. going to be like the bodybuilding and the body re- recomposition.
1: And nutrition, yeah.
0: Yeah, nutrition. And like, you know, the, the ladies, they, they're going to bring their whole, whole nother, you know, scoop of uh, skills to the table because they're females and there's things that you and I just will not be able to speak on from experience. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, at least me. I don't know about you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Last time I checked. <laughs> <laughs> all right that's a good man we we worded that very nicely i think
1: oh man it's so hard we're almost there bro we're almost there
0: i know man it's like we're we're kids in the candy store man yep yep keto candy though (laughs) of course (laughs) well brother i don't know how long this podcast has been going since we had to like stop and start because of all the technical difficulties but it's been going for a pretty good while
1: yeah i think we should cut it off this is this is what um if not you know crystal get mad at you my get mad at me
0: I know <laughs> I know I know I know she's probably down there cooking right now I be like where the hell is he <laughs> um so on that note I'm gonna go ahead and start the outro Danny always a pleasure my man and we'll be in touch in the very near future all right man all right so ladies and gentlemen thank you for listening to that lovely podcast with Danny Vega and myself keto Savage I want to uh, go ahead and remind you of one quick thing and that is seven set Sunday. Seven Set Sunday is kind of like my spin on Tim Ferriss's Five Bullet Friday, but it's kind of more focused towards the keto community. Basically, weekly tips and tricks for the keto-adapted badass, so to speak. Anything I'm thinking with regards to nutrition or motivational quotes or supplements, anything and everything. So if you would, jump on over to my website, KetoSavage.com, and sign up for that. Until then, I'll catch you next time.